is Alex Elbro. Cambridge 105 Radio. Here we are. We're coming up to the semi-finals of the FIFA Women's World Cup and then the final on Sunday. And I'm really pleased again to welcome Darren Marjoram, the head coach at Cambridge United Women's Football. And for today, Zoe Wood. Hello, Zoe. Hiya. So, Zoe, whereabouts do you play? Uh, I play centre mid, more of an attacking. So, yeah, like to be creative and make things happen. Excellent. And how have you been enjoying the Women's World Cup? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, the women's games obviously grown just incredibly quickly. So it's really exciting to see just the support and the crowd and everyone getting involved. So, yeah, I've definitely been keeping my eye on it. And I think I heard somewhere that the Australia game the other day, because obviously it's being held in Australia, it had the highest number of people watching for any sport in Australia ever. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. And I think we saw in England the effect that the Euros... Darren, how do you feel about that, that, you know, more and more people are watching the sport... Yeah, it's as we've said on previous interviews, it's really good to see, isn't it? And it's not just in our country. We've we've noticed it all the way through from grassroots level right through to now. You know, people are very interested to watch the Lionesses when they're on. But we're seeing it across the world as well. And, and that's something that's only going to help us to grow the game as more and more young girls become aware of the fact that there's these role models for them in football that, um, that they can aspire to be. Then the more of them that will get involved in the game and then... The more the game grows, the stronger it gets. So I think it's a it's a really interesting one. It's nice to see you know that that audience level growing across the the World Cup with both the attendances at the stadiums and people watching. Yeah, absolutely. And Zoe, how did you get involved in football? I actually got involved for a friend, a neighbour, and like it wasn't possible when I was younger really to have fully all girls teams. So I played in my local boys' league. So again, just to hop off what Darren said, it's so exciting to see girls play. And I work in schools as a PE teacher, so I see it on the playground all the time. Now we've got five, six, seven girls playing. So I think it's really exciting where it's going. Brilliant. And at the end of this series of interviews and and chats that we've had for the World Cup, we are talking, aren't we, Darren, about taking something further, involve more of the local teams and let people know how to get involved in the local women's teams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and girls' teams. And I think that's really important that there's that exposure through things like this and, and through other media platforms that people can just be aware of how that happens. You know, like Zoe said, it's we're very lucky that there's more girls-only teams now that people can join in and, and get get involved at the beginning. But, you know, some people are still very unaware of how they can access that. So it'd be really good for us to kind of provide a platform to, to enable people to know where they can go and hopefully come along and watch some games as well, which will help to inspire them. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to the World Cup, at the weekend, we had Spain beat the Netherlands and that went to extra time, 2-1. Then Sweden beat Japan and we'd had Japan down as one of the ones we thought might be quite strong didn't we? Yeah yeah I thought Japan I mean technically they're a very good side and I thought they might be a difficult side to to play against but um, what what do you think Zoe you've obviously seen a bit of them as well? Yeah I agree Um, at the start I was was excited about Japan I feel like Sweden just edged them physically I think they struggled to come up with a bit of a plan B like you said earlier maybe run out of a bit of steam we all know in tournament football it's about peaking at the right time so yeah Sweden just edged it for me yeah I think from what I can see some of these teams haven't played in hardly any of these big tournaments before so as you were saying that you need to pace yourself right for these big tournaments someone was saying that Japan looked very tired and maybe they'd gone all out in the first rounds and then of course you'd forget that you've got to sustain that and it's not very long between each match is it? Yeah, for sure. And I think, although, yeah, there's four or five days between games, to recover that quickly and to be in one place in a camp can be quite intense. Um, And I know they had some problems with their location and where they were staying and players were maybe a little bit isolated and bored. So I think it's really important that the whole holistic package is taken into consideration. I think that's something that England have done really well. Yeah, I think they generally have quite a good calmness about them, the England players, as they get onto the field. They look like they've really got a job to do and they know what they're going to be doing. 
we said before, didn't we, about your big game and tournament experience really counts, especially when it gets to these knockout stages. And I think that's something that England have in their favour now is that very recently they've won a major tournament and they've had to go through tough moments to get there to win that. So I think that experience now gives them, you can see a little bit of confidence that even when mm. you know things get tough and they might go 1-0 down, but there's, there's still a confidence, there's no panic about them. And I think that's just game experience. I just wanted to touch on what Zoe said a moment ago about you know, camp, how much of a part that plays on things. It's not just about what we see when they stroll onto the pitch and they play a game but you know there's all that other time when they're not on the pitch or they might not be training but they're away from home and there's all sorts of things that all play a factor in in how teams perform you know all of that experience as well for England in terms of big game tournament you know and how they handle that I think is, is really important and I think that really showed on at the weekend didn't it at the weekend yeah I thought England looked a bit more ourselves again like Darren said I think it's great that England have had to like a lot of people have said show a different side to them this tournament and I think I heard Farrah Williams talking about it a couple of weeks ago that England in the past have struggled to be able to win games like the dirty way so I think it's exciting that we can adapt and I think we are peaking at the right time so yeah I have high hopes for the semis so we had the two games on Saturday. Uh, it was Australia and against France. Now, I thought that France did play well. And it, of course, it went to extra time and then, of course, the penalties. And, of course, Australia beat France eventually. But I noticed it was 20 penalties it took them to beat them. It's pretty draining on a team as well. Yeah. Right? So when we're talking about now getting to the semi-finals, you and we we've just spoken all three of us about you know how you can start to get tired and peaking at the right time, and and actually you know now having played extra time, if you haven't had to do that, it does become a bit of an advantage. You know that's half an hour less play time that you've had to have where you've had to be in those really intense moments. So both mentally and physically, I think it does give you a bit of an edge potentially. I was thinking that Australia went through that. They've had the extra time and they're in their home ground. So the adrenaline will be massive for them. And then England luckily went through in normal time. So just at full time. And Zoe was saying they stayed really calm after that first goal in from Colombia, where you think at that point could all fall apart. Yeah, that's such a, an important factor, I think, for any team is where you can remain calm when those moments get tough because you know I've seen so many times in football and Zoe, I'm sure you, you'll say exactly the same, you know, where you, you feel in control of a game then all of a sudden, you know, one goal goes in and you have that mad little five or ten minute spell where you just can't get any control over the game again mm. and the momentum can swing that quickly. So I think, yeah, like having conceded a goal, which was a bit of a shock to the system, as Zoe said, having to dig in and show a different side to their game where they can't necessarily control all the moments but still be in control of the game out of possession of the ball I thought was really impressive from England yeah I agree from that then we have the two semi-finals now by the time this goes out we will have already know the result of the Sweden versus Spain now I noticed that Sweden are ranked third in the world and Spain this is their only their third world cup how do you think it's going to go I think it'll be a really interesting matchup. Obviously, I expect Spain to dominate the ball, but I think as we saw with Japan, I would have expected the same. So I think Sweden have got a really interesting game plan. Like I said, really physical. So I think Spain will find it challenging. And I have my money on Sweden to nick it on a set piece. Okay. Like What's your prediction of a score? We'll see if we can get it right. <laughs> that horrible moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely go first on this one. Uh, Just for the Sweden-Spain game, let's go see what we're going to have on that one. I'm going to go 2-1 Sweden. Okay. What about you, Darren? Do you think it's similar? I, I think it might go to extra time. I'm going to say one all, but I think it might end up as a as a Sweden win. I think their physicality, I agree with Zoe, might, might be a telling factor. Excellent. And then the other thing I've noticed is whoever wins the whole thing, it'll be their first time of winning the World Cup, which is rather nice. So it really is an open field for all the people we thought were going to do well haven't got through. 
nice to have a little bit of something different going on yeah. in the tournament as well, isn't it? Have yeah. a bit of a mix up. And but I mean, when you look at it, all all of the nations that are left in it are all you know. You're not saying any of this is a is a fluke or people lucky to get there. I mean, everybody deserves to be there. So it just again, it strengthens what we said about how much the quality of football across the world has progressed. It's it's really nice. Obviously, for us, the Australia England game on Wednesday morning is going to be the one. It's going to be played at Sydney, eleven o'clock on Wednesday morning, and England, as you've just said, are the European champions. Champions. What are we thinking about that game? Well, obviously, it will be a tough game, but in my eyes, it's a straight. You know, all the pressures on Australia, a home yeah. tournament, big crowd, big expectations. So I think England can use that to their advantage. I think it'll be tough. Obviously, we played them friendly, didn't we, before the World Cup, and we struggled. So hopefully, that will give us a little bit of an edge, tactical edge. But yeah, I think it'll be tough. I could see it going to extra time. Right. What about you, Darren? Yeah, I sort of agree with Zoe. I think it would be tough. You know, Australia are, are a very good side and you can't underestimate how important it is to have a little bit of home advantage. You know, that's something that we benefited from with the Euros and it, and it does help you. It, you know, just even things around. We spoke about being away on camp. You know, when you're the other side of the world, it's very different to when you're on your own doorstep. So I think it'll be a really, really tough game. If we can go through on penalties, I'll be delighted. I think it could yeah. be a, it could be a really tough battle. Well, I'm not going to ask you to call this one because obviously we, we all know that we love England to win. So I'm not going to um, jinx it by saying anything about that one. So let's see how we get on. And of course, the final would then be, I mean, it's, it's almost too hard to call that as well, isn't it? Who's going to go through to the final? Yeah, I think it's anyone's anyone's game, which I think makes it more exciting. Like, I think all four teams are peaking at, you know, at the right moment. So I think the semis will be a really interesting display from all four sides. So, yeah, I couldn't call it. No. And Darren, you've got a bit of a dilemma if England get through to the final, haven't you? Yeah, we've we've got our first league game against Cambridge City scheduled for a 2pm kickoff on Sunday. So um, I think the league have said they, they might be flexible and move kickoff times. There's no chance of the game being postponed to another date. So it definitely has to be played. But um, yeah, it's a it's a dilemma that I can deal with if, um, yeah. if England gets <laughs> yeah, exactly. through. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much, uh, both of you, Zoe and Darren. And Darren, thank you for all your contributions and your help to pull this together for the last few weeks. And I look forward to speaking to you both in the months coming as we explore the women's game and the girls' game around the area further. Thank you ever so much. Thank Thanks, you. Alex. Thanks. Cambridge 105 Radio.